Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's lift our hands to the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. We honor you, Father, for the administration of your spirits. Now, if you're here and you have any form of sickness in your body, put your hands on that spot. If you have pains, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I take authority over blood diseases. I take authority over pains in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Right over here on my, that would be on your right hand side. If you have issues with your ears, um, you kind of feel a little bit of discharge and pains. Just put your hands in that ear. Put one hand in that ear right now. By the power that's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I take authority over it. I rebuke that spirit of infirmity. I call you healed by the power that's in the name of Jesus. That little child with a feverish condition, right now the temperature normalizes by the power that's in the name of the Lord Jesus. I rebuke you, Satan. You take your hands off. In the name of Jesus. Take your hands off that little child right now by the power that's in the name of Jesus. Satan, you take your hands off in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Please let's have a seat. It's such a joy to be here. And I want to, I want to thank you. Thank you so much for... Uh, your warm hospitality, uh, your love, and I feel very much, feel very much at home here. Amen. Amen. And uh, the choir is awesome. You sing songs that are amazing. And I recorded some of your songs. I've sent them to my choir people. Go, go and look for this song and sing it. You know, if you don't know how to copy, you'll fail. So you must learn to copy. That's how you are taught in med school school. Eh? You copy. Exams is copying what your teacher has told you. That's why it's exams. Yeah, so. Praise the name of the Lord. But we're going to have a good time this morning. Amen? Amen? Now, if you were not here in the past two days, there's no way I can help you. Okay? I, I, I can't help you. But you can help yourself. So the choice is yours. So you have to go back, listen to what we've been building in the past two days, listen to today, then go back and complete the message. It's not good to learn only one part of the message. Is that okay? It's very important. And that's one of the reasons why uh, our maturity is tampered with. You, uh, you must learn and complete the course. It's only in school, it's only in church, that people come and want to start from SS3. You, you don't start that way in school. You go back and you do what? You follow. So, uh, in my foundation, in a, well, I don't call it foundation class. I call it growth class. Because I think Christians have attended so many foundation class now. that, So, I call it growth class. But in my growth class in church, for you to get into our workforce, one of the requirements is to listen to some of the messages I've taught on certain key subjects. So that when I'm making a statement from the pulpit, you, you, you understand. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's called uh, pre-degree to enable you enter the university, all right? So call subject like prayer. So when we say we don't call down fire, your subconscious does not fight the message before the truth comes. We normalize your subconscious so that when you hear certain statements, your first response is to go to the scriptures, not to say that's not what Papa said. We don't serve Papa, we serve God. I'll repeat again. We don't serve Papa. We serve who? All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All right. So we started talking about spiritual growth. And I said we're going to break it into three parts. So the first day we talked about what? Hey, come on, talk to me. The first day we talked about what? The goal of God. The second day we talked about what? The stages of growth and our responsibilities. But we didn't get to our responsibilities, alright? And then, today, I promised I was going to talk on what? Who took notes? Look at your note. Look at your It's fine. 
I will, I will do like I do in my church. Pastor, I've said I should be free. So look at your notes. What did you write? Read what you wrote. I gave you three things I was going to talk about. The first one was what? Come on, church. The first one was what? The goal of God. The second one was what? The stages of growth and our responsibilities. But we didn't get to our responsibilities yesterday. The third one I said we're going to talk about is what? Common hindrances to growth. Even if you didn't attend, just be saying, mm, 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 it will fit in. Somewhere it will. Right. Okay, so let's get back to the stages of growth and pick up from there. Now, uh, there, there, there's something I wanted to point out that I didn't get to yesterday on the stages of growth that uh, I want to pick up. And then we can begin to... Now, write these three words down. The natural man, the carnal man, and the spiritual man. The natural man, the carnal man, and the spiritual man. And thank you, media team. I learned the pastor has sponsored our New American Standard Bible. So let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The natural man. Now, there are certain references to scriptures. Uh, let me put it this way. There are terminologies of scriptures that we must be consistent with. Within the context of the passage. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, the Bible refers to a particular kind of man called the natural man. And he identifies the natural man by a characteristic. Right? 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14, he says, But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. So, the characteristics of a natural man is that he does not accept the things of God. And it's not that he does not want to accept the things of God. It is the fact that the things of God are foolishness to him. Now, it's important to understand that the natural man does not see wisdom in the things of God. So, the natural man, he says, and he cannot understand them. Now, always pay attention to understanding when it comes to maturity. You cannot remove understanding from maturity. So, every time you read about the Bible talking about the growth of people, you would always find understanding there. Hearing is prerequisite for maturity, but understanding is the characteristics of maturity. Because you can hear and not understand. Are you following this now? That is why we teach. We are not teaching to impress. A Bible teacher is not recognized by eloquence. We are not in a public speaking academy. A Bible teacher is recognized by how much understanding is granted to the people. That is why after Jesus had taught in parables, he would take his disciples aside to the mountain. Are you following this now? And explain to them the meaning of the parables. Pay attention here. Multitudes heard the parable. Disciples understood. Hearing puts you in the outer court. Understanding brings you in the inner court. Practice takes you to the holy of holies. Because you can understand something and not practice it. So the three movements is the outer court is you hear, you understand, and you do what? You practice. So it's the man who hears and does this saying. Does this saying. It is in doing the saying that you are a wise man. So wisdom is not the accumulation of knowledge. Wisdom is the application of understood knowledge. Are you still here? Alright. So Romans chapter 8 verse 8. I have to finish today so you come with me fast. Romans 8, 8. Praise the name of the Lord. The Bible says, And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And those who are in the flesh cannot what? Please God. That means they do not have the capacity to please God. Now, who are those that are in the flesh that he's talking about? The natural man. The natural man. So the natural man cannot please God. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Ephesians 2, 2. Thank you, Lord. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. Amen. All right, Ephesians 2, 2. Now, let's go to verse 1. Let's start from verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. So, you must understand that the man and pastor... You know, I, I, I was thinking sometimes I'm the only one that says certain things. Until I heard pastor 
uh, let me just say it. When he talked about how we receive advice from uh, some social media influencers who are not born again, it doesn't matter what they achieve in the natural, they don't have the capacity to advise you because it's called the counsel of the ungodly. It's not, it's not counsel first. It's either this person is godly or ungodly. You see, it's a dividing line. I know you're quiet because some of you like their page. And you've got to be careful about the counsel of the ungodly. You, you have to be careful about that. Because one of the keys to prosperity is not accepting the counsel of the ungodly. That is why our concern for these people should be their soul to be born again, not the money they have. That somebody is in Banana Island does not mean he has sense. He's just in an island that is in Banana. He just has money. And you must understand that money comes by many routes. You know, in James chapter 1, the Bible talks about the wisdom that is earthly, that is demonic, that is sensual. That's also a stage of growth. The natural man has earthly wisdom. It is earthly. It's demonic. That is why somebody wants to make money. They say he should bring his mother. He kills his mother to make money. Is that not demonic? It's demonic. And then that person has money years later, then he's advising you. See, if this book cannot advise you, what are you looking for? Steps to prosperity. You have failed the first one. Because if you were reading the book, it would tell you not to take the advice of the ungodly. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Alright, let's go on. Now, uh, so that's the natural man. Ephesians 2 verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked. To the course of this world. So he's giving you the characteristics of the natural man. According to the prince of the power of the air. And of the spirit that is now working. And he calls these natural people the sons of what? Disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh. Indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love which he loved us. So Apostle Paul was describing a kind of people that we were before. That we were before. He says we were natural men. We were dead in sins and trespasses. That's who we were before. So that's the stage of a man. Now there is the carnal man. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1. So we talk about the natural man. So the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit. And that's why you have to pray for people to be born again. Because sometimes it's foolishness to them. The things of the spirit is foolishness. How can you say it's more blessed to give than to receive? It doesn't make sense in the natural. How can you say he that wants to be first among you must be slave of all, dualos, slave of all? It doesn't make sense. Are, are you following this? So to the natural man... Those things will not make sense. So that's a stage. But then you, you now get born again. Now, 1 Corinthians 3, 1. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. And our brethren could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. Now, let's have the amplified version. Amplify. Look at it. However, brothers and sisters, I could not talk to you as to spiritual people, but only as to worldly people. Now, pay attention here. Pay attention here. These worldly people he's referring to is not the natural man. This natural man is not born again. The natural man that we read before is dead in sin and trespasses. But these are believers already. But they are still called natural or worldly. Now, come with me very quickly. 1 Corinthians 1.7 you are going to read a lot of scriptures today, so tighten your seatbelt. 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 1, verse 6 to 7. Look at this. So that you are not lacking in 6, verse 6, my brother, even as the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in you, 
So those he was writing to, the testimony of Christ was already confirmed in them. So he's talking to believers. Am I right? Now verse 7, it says, So that you are not lacking in any gift, are eagerly awaiting the revelation of our Lord Jesus. So these guys did not lack in any spiritual gifts. But remember we said on Saturday, that spiritual gift is not the proof of maturity. It is the administration of the gift that is the proof of maturity. So if your prophetic gift is scattering homes, you are not matured. You might be going deeper, Papa, but you are going deeper into foolishness. Because your, the administration of the gift is the maturity, not the gift itself. The gift is a gift. Are you following this? If you give a phone to a, um, a 10-year-old and you give a phone to a 20-year-old, do you expect different approaches? Why? Because of the age difference. Mature, come on, are you here? The Baptist congregation. Are you guys here? All right. <laughs> right? Because of the age. Now, the phone is the phone. The gift is the gift. How I will know your maturity is the usage. So, the gifts of the Spirit is not a sign that you know God. Understanding is in the usage. So if you're using the gift to attract people to yourself, it shows you are immature. Because the gift God gave you to build the body, you are using it to build an empire. So maturity is not in crowd. It is in the understanding that is in the crowd. That is why on, in the upper room we had 120. Even though Jesus ministered to thousands, you can minister to thousands, but few are matured. And it is the mature that perpetuates doctrine. Why the crowd are looking for bread and fish. So even as a pastor, in your mind, you must know bread and fish people from doctrinal people. Because bread and fish people, immediately you raise the curriculum. They look for where they can get another bread and fish. Because their God, is their appetite is their God. They are governed by their cravings. Not a desire to please God, but a persistent desire to live in self-comfort, thinking that godliness is gain. You see, the thought that godliness is gain, if it's not adjusted, you will use God and not God using you. That's when you will now hear that when you win souls, your business will grow. So you will start trading people's souls like Mystery Babylon for your comfort and your increase. Give your life to Christ. Are you giving? I need to sell air conditions. Oh, yeah, give quickly. And then you now start threatening God with your tight card and your soul winning card because you have, you have performed your end of your business. Now he should keep his word. Let's leave that. So that's the canon uh, man. So the canon man is identified. Go with me again to 1 Corinthians 31. Is identified by uh, him being dominated. Let's use the amplified version, please. 1 Corinthians 3, 1. Thank you. However, brothers and sisters, I could not talk to you as to spiritual people. So imagine Paul referring to... <laughs> imagine Paul referring to people who were not lacking in any gift, that they were not spiritual people. That's big. They were not lacking in any gift. But he says, I couldn't even talk to you as to spiritual people. But only as to worldly people. Look at this. Dominated by human nature. Mere infants in the new life in Christ. So he called them mere infants. Now, go back to the New American Standard Version, verse 2. Now, he says, verse 2, he says, praise God. He says, I gave you milk to drink and not solid food. For you were not able to receive it. Now, now, hey, everybody pay attention. You were not able to receive it. To the natural man, he says, you are not able to receive the things of God. The, the carnal man can receive the things of God, but only milk. 
So the difference in what they receive, the natural man cannot receive the things of God at all. They are foolishness. But the carnal man, which is the sense-dominated Christian, can receive the things of God, but his receiving is limited to only milk. He is not able to receive solid food. So what you are able to receive tells me your maturity level. If you can receive the things of God, you're not born again. If you can receive the things of God but only milk, then you are a baby. But if you can receive solid food, then you are spiritually mature. So Jesus told the disciples, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Which means that without the infilling of the Holy Spirit, you do not have the capacity to receive certain things from God. And most times we frustrate ourselves teaching people who cannot receive uh, 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 deeper things of the Spirit. And that is why a pastor must always have a class of people and what to teach that class. Because you, if you try, to, Paul says, Paul says, when you ought to be teachers, right? Hebrews chapter 5, quickly now, quickly now, quickly now, come with me. Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 5, verse, verse, verse 11. Concerning him, we have much to say. Look at it, look at how Paul, look at how Paul explains his frustration. And it is hard to explain. When Paul says it is hard to explain, it's not because Paul could not explain it. The reason he says it's hard to explain, he gives them, he says, since, since. It is hard to explain since. So the problem is you. It's not that Paul does not understand what he's trying to teach them. He says it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. The word dull in the Greek is lazy, sluggish. You become dull of hearing, so I can't explain. You know, sometimes my, my, my little kids ask me questions, then I tell them to go and ask their mother. It's not because I don't know, but I can't explain to you. You know, I'm asking you, they, they, so why the damn dad divided? I, I teach pastors, don't you get? I teach men of God. I'm not your mate. <laughs> do, you, do you get what I'm saying? So I, I know it, but... How do, I, how do I explain it? How, how do I tell you the Greek word is alos parakletos? How, how will you know that I'm a big man of God? You get what I'm saying? So, the, so you, you have to because she cannot receive it from my level. But in this case, it was because they are dull of hearing. So the dullness of hearing in a congregation can affect the flow of the teaching anointing. That is why a teacher must never go where he struggles. There are churches I will go to and they give me this topic and I will be on one verse and just finish. Because that's what they can receive. Are you following what I'm saying? But if a congregation is well taught, then you discover that, yeah, 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 they're getting this. So the anointing of the man of God is not just dependent on the man of God. There is prayer preparation. There is ear opening on your part. If you are dull of hearing, I cannot help that. Anointing does not cure that. Yes. It is cured by diligence to open your ears and study. Come on, are you here? Alright. So it goes on to say, For by this time you ought to be teachers. You have need again for someone to teach you. The, the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. You have come to need milk and what? And not solid food. So, we've talked about the three stages there. Now, let's go quickly. And we said on Saturday, please listen to that message again, that one of the signs of maturity is your choices. So, we talk about esteeming earthly things lightly. I want to go very quickly because I need to finish this. Our responsibility. Our responsibility. What's our responsibility for growth? Now, leave this scripture for me. Look at verse 12 again. For though by this time you ought to be teachers... Now, it means that as you start developing, you ought to develop to become a teacher. <laughs> Understand this. It's not only those called into the teaching ministry that should teach. The, the, in the Hebrew culture, the fathers of the house were designed to teach the children the Torah because they had to know the Torah. There was no Sunday school. You don't delegate spiritual equipping to 10 minutes or one hour in church every week. 
you have a responsibility to teach at your workplace and the rest. Now, he says, for, so for, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you. That's why Paul says, the things I have taught you, come on somebody, commit to what? I didn't hear you. Commit to what? Faithful men. Not commit to pastors. Commit to faithful men who will be able to do what? Teach others. So faithful men who are able to what? Teach others. We talk about Timothy again. Paul says, I know the faith that is in you. That first was in your grandmother and was in your mother and now is in you. That faith walked through three generations. Transmitted by women. Paul says, these things I've taught you, commit to faithful men who are able to teach others three generations again. Which means we should be able to put doctrine in three generations. That means three generations of God Chambers members should be able to take pastor teaching. Pastor teaches, teaches the executive pastor, first generation. The executive pastor teaches another pastor, second generation. Are you all hearing what I'm saying? And that does not come by dancing on Sunday morning. It comes by opening your notes and writing. Because it has to be the same thing. Not new revelation. You are not an improved version of your pastor. You are your pastor. Teach the same thing. Not another. 21st century does not change truth. Truth changes 21st century. This, this desire to have rema and insight and revelation and confusion is not godly. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm going to be doing a Bible exposition in my church next month. It's an outline my dad taught when I was in GS2 that I'm studying to teach. You teach the same thing. Except what your father taught was a lie. But if, I mean now, if it is truth, are we going to have a new way to get born again? You see, this issue of we want new things, we want new things, we want new things, you must understand that Christianity is a cake. It is ancient. You can change your dress, but don't change the truth. Are you following it? Alright, so what's our responsibility? What's our responsibility? First Peter 2.2 2. Like newborn babes, First Peter 2.2. 2. Number one, I'm giving you three responsibilities. Number one, First Peter 2.2. 2. Praise God. Like newborn babes, long, long, long for the pure milk of the word. So that, gives you the reason, by it. What is the it there? What is the it there? Now, don't just say the word. The pure milk. No, pure. It's got to be pure. Because what the other apostles brought to teach this church in Galatians was the word. But it was not pure milk. Because when you are mixing law and grace, the milk is no longer pure. So the Bible didn't put pure there because we're looking out. You know when they ask you for comprehension and you don't have words, you now add many words. No, every word is important. Now, now, another word used there in other translations is sincere milk of the word. Pay attention here, pay attention here. Once the motive of a preacher is corrupted, the milk is no longer pure. So you can be teaching the word but with impure motives, it corrupts the reception. So if I'm teaching you this morning so that I can get something from you, you will think it is milk, but it is not. It will not produce growth. You see, that is where the Holy Spirit now becomes the standard of what is pure milk. Motives. is a big thing. So a minister's motives must be clear. We must not peddle the word. The word peddle there, in the Roman culture, there were people who used to sell wine. And because you know, okay, let me use our culture, hmm? where they mix fuel. Eh? That's peddling of fuel. Peddling in that case was not just hawking. They reduced 
the, con the quality of the wine so they can make more profit. Listen to me, child of God. If a pastor reduces the quality of the truth for either compromise it for growth, compromise it for money, compromise it for fame, it is no longer the sincere milk of the word. And child of God, if the, work, if the word is not pure milk, believers cannot grow. They will be babies forever because the milk is adulterated. Let's continue. Like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. And I explained to you that our maturation is experiencing the fullness of what? Salvation. So what is our number one responsibility there? There must be a craving for the word. Some translation uses the word craving. Crave. Long for the word. Long for the word. Be hungry for the word. Get the messages of your pastor. Listen. Read the Bible. Let there be a craving for God's word. Praise the name of the Lord. Listen to me. If a child is born and there is no appetite, there is a problem. You see, one of the signs that you are healthy is appetite. Am I right? One of the signs that you are sick is loss of appetite. So if you are losing appetite for the word as a Christian, there is sickness. You can't grow. You can't grow by anointing oil. You can't grow by Holy Ghost package in a bottle. You can't grow by mantle. You can't grow by wristband. You can't grow by wearing your pastor's picture on your chest. You can't grow by going to the altar, kneeling down and surrendering all to God. All those things are not methods of growth. We must understand biblical method of growth. Biblical method of growth is the word and the word only. Feeding on the sincere milk of the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't grow by sacrifice. Number two, you give yourself to the word. You give yourself to the word. So, first of all, there's longing for the word. So you don't stop at your desire stage. Praise the name of the Lord. You don't stop at your desire stage. So you give yourself to the word. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. And now, Acts 20 32. And now I entrust you to God and to the word of his grace. Listen. You cannot just say, God, I've committed my life to you. I know you will help me grow. No. You are committed to God. Then after being committed to God, you are now committed to the word. God does not help people grow. He has given you the tools of growth. Which is the word. He says, I now I commend you to God and to the word of his word, grace. And I won't have time to get into that, but <laughs> certain words will not make you grow. It's the word of his Grace, okay, which is able to do what? Build you up and to do what? Give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So you must understand that you must give yourself to the word. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4. Say amen if you're here. Amen. Thank you very much. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. Are you learning something this morning? Come on, are you learning something this morning? My son. Give attention to my words. You have the attention, you give it. Give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Do not let them depart from your side. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who do what? Find them. So if, if it's life to those who find them, it means that there is a search for them. You cannot find what you're not looking for. And this, no one can do for you. Amplified version, verse 20. Amplified version, verse 20. My son, pay attention to my words. This is the phrase I'm looking for. This is the phrase I'm looking for. And be willing to learn. That's where your mind comes. Be willing to learn. So there is a craving and there is a willingness to learn. Then you open your ears to my saying. 
your greatest tool of transformation is paying attention to the word of God. Are you still here? Come on, somebody. Are you still here? All right. Acts 2.42. Acts 2.42. Look about the second responsibility we have. Give attention. Give yourself to the word of God. Acts 2.42. That's why after Jesus finished teaching, he will always say, He that has ear to hear, let him hear. It's not that they didn't have this fan blade. They have the fan blade. Everybody has the fan blade. But not everybody is paying attention. Are, are you following this now? That's why we must avoid distraction in the church. We must. I like technology a lot, but if we're not careful, it becomes a tool of distraction. When the word is being taught, you pay attention. Because that's how we can grow. Praise the name of the Lord. Look at this. Um, Acts chapter 2, praise God, and verse 42. You remember the whole story? Uh, They gave, I mean, over 3,000 people came to the Lord. Verse 41, please, sir. Verse 41. So then, those who had received his word. What word? The word that Peter preached. They received the word, were baptized. And that day... We added about how many thousand souls? 3,000 souls. They were continually, come on, next word, next word, next word, devoting themselves to what? The first response after being born again is devotion to teaching. Devotion to apostolic doctrine. In Acts chapter 19, when Paul realized that people were causing confusion, what did he do? He withdrew the disciples to the school of Tyrannos and for daily, daily, he taught them the word of God. The way we respond to persecution is to increase the teaching of God's word. Yes. They were devoted to apostles' doctrine. You see, new, it's not newcomers' class. We are doing newcomers' class because you have to walk. By scriptural standard, when you get born again, we are supposed to immerse you in apostolic doctrine. At least six months daily, hours, to rearrange, reset, renew your mind. It's called the principle of total immersion. Principle of total immersion. You're hearing no other language, you're listening to nothing. I told you in our faith conference, total immersion, the key to victory. It was a principle that was used in World War in the, in the World War, where they needed people to learn new languages, and it, they would take you and for three weeks. They will put you in a school where only that language is spoken. Everything you hear is that language. You're not permitted to use anything. And that's how they train translators for the world. It's called total immersion. Everything around you is that language. Listen to me, child of God. Listen to me, child of God. If you need victory, you need to cut some things off. Some of you need to go off social media. You need to go off everything. You are listening to word, morning, afternoon, evening, Bible quotations, scripture. Until it looks like you are mad. You really need to be mad. So that you mind, your mind can be renewed. You can't be trusting God for something. And you are now listening to people who are posing adultery as, as comedy. Why are you laughing at other people's, other people's bumble? Hey, hey, hey. It just makes me laugh. It just makes me laugh. I am just watching soft porn. All these things we call comedy, it will dull your spiritual sense. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you don't find comedy, start laughing in the spirit. No, I have vowed. There are certain I don't watch anymore. Because these things are not funny anymore. They laugh with tongues. They play with church. They play with pastors. Insult, insult offering, insult tight, insult God. We are just laughing. What is this nonsense about? That's why they almost called Jesus Agege bread the other day and we're revolting. We cost it. We cost it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, there is a sacredness of the Christian faith that we must not throw away. There is a solemnity of the Christian faith. That is why in those days when the word of God is being read, people will stand up in honor of the word. It was not just tradition. See, we have gone to Pentecostal. We should get back to orthodox. We are too disorganized. We are too careless. We are too frivolous. We need to get to that place. When you come late to church, they will lock you outside. Until the priest finish speaking. 
It looked like, ah, he's all dead. No, but we need that solemnity to come back. Because there is a sovereignty of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is not the man upstairs. He's the creator of the universe and the earth. He's God all by himself. There is a sacredness that needs to come to the word of God again. Just till I come, give attention to public reading of scriptures. You know that just by reading the Psalms that pastor led us to read this morning, cancers can disappear. It doesn't have to be spectacular. Let's get back. That when the word of God is being taught, we are writing, we are focused, we are devoting ourselves. It, It didn't say they attended church. He says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You know why? Their life depended on it. They were going to be killed if they they said they were Christians. And it was like, I'd rather know what this is all about. Let me not die for nothing. You know, many years ago, (laughs) someone told Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris, are you killing me? He said, he said, Pastor Chris wasn't doing so well in his studies. And he said, oh, because he was studying the word of God a lot. <laughs> then Pastor Chris said, let it be true that what I'm accused of, I'm really studying the word. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Forget about that the story is true or not. What I'm just trying to say, he now said, if they're accusing me that I am studying the word, that is why I'm not doing well. Let the accusation be true. If we accuse you that you are studying God's word, will that accusation be true? Andrew Womack says, if, if, if police want to persecute some Christians, they will never find an evidence. Why? You have been speaking one tongue since you were in primary school. Like somebody selling Amala in the street. Ten years. No improved tongue. No, no, no fresh oil. No fresh infilling. Vocabulary still the same. Word of knowledge still confused. No clarity of purpose. You pray and you sleep. So in your mind you are praying but you have slept. That's how your prayer life is. Then one hour later. Father you know all the things in my heart. He does not know. Say it. Say it. He does not know. He says when you pray say when you pray, say. That means when you pray, talk. He, you are God all by yourself. And I know Christians, they like to say, they not play pray song. Say, when prayer does not work, try praise. Because that one is easier. It's easier to let Nathaniel Basi be singing. I just dancing in your house. No. Off the music and pray. Prayer works. The scripture says, is any afflicted, let him pray. Recommendation for affliction is prayer. Pray. Pray. You can't pay your rent. Pray. You don't have a child. Pray. You don't have a job. Pray. We don't have anywhere to run to. There's no oil to sell. There's no mantle. There's no. There's nothing to sell. There's no deception here. We cry to God in the days of His flesh. We prayed with tears and groanings. I was praying. Thank God you have announced it. I did not have any idea. I was praying yesterday before I came for Saturday. And I saw someone open a door. I just saw someone open a door. I wasn't sure what it was. Then you announced that I would go to speak in, in Man on the Mirror. And when I went home, the, the Lord said, that's the door I showed you. That was the door that was opened. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How do you bribe your way into a Man of the Mirror? How do you do it? Do do you get what I'm trying to say? Your life should be supernatural. Madam, pray. That is, I'm not the praying type. Which type are you? Which type are you? I'm not the praying type. Because you have deceived yourself. I'm choleric. I'm I'm, I'm phlegmatic. I'm magmatic. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not guessing stick. Pray. Is any afflicted? Let him pray. Mark chapter 1 verse 35. While it was yet day, Jesus went to a secluded place and prayed. In the disciples, we have a pattern of prayer. When they were arrested, they did not look for lawyers. They didn't look. Paul was a lawyer. 
They, they went and said, come, let's go back to our own company. And they, they began to pray. And when they prayed, the whole place was shaking. Mante, Kappa, Lego, Sende, Brakata. And they did not pray that God deliver us. They said, God, grant us boldness that we may preach the word with signs and wonders praying. We are not praying that God will deliver us. That's why I like the song that the choir sang. We are praying that we'll be light in a dark generation. We will bring fire. We will bring judgment. We will bring justice. We are not victims. I said we are not victims. A thousand times no. We are not victims. We are not victims. We are not going under. We are going above. We are dominating. Glory to God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Glory to God. We are not the weak church. We are not waiting for the rapture. We are saying God give us time. We want to sort out this mess. We want to sort out this thing. We are not running away from a witch. There are witches in my compound. Pastor what should I do? Stay there. Stay there and shine the light. Glory to God. You are moving around Lagos. One witch is chasing you. If at your age you appear before God and they ask you why did you die, he said they poisoned you. Are you not ashamed? He said they shall take deadly things. They, they, stop watching African magic. They shall take deadly things. A snake got into the hands of Paul. Paul didn't pray about it. He shook it into the fire. He shook it into the fire. He shook it and they were watching for him to die. And he did not die. There is a life in God. It's a glorious life. I said it's a glorious life. Well, I've preached myself happy. Praise God. Well, let's get back. Have your seat, praise God. Let me see if I can finish this. Devoting yourself. To devote means to be ready to give. To spend time together with. To join yourself. Devotion must return to scriptures. In those days before we went to church, hours before the church started, we knelt down. Pastor Lemosha, I don't know if you know. You see our parents kneel down. They were just praying. Getting themselves ready for the word. Getting themselves ready for the word. Not gossiping pastor before church starts. I don't understand the way the direction this church is going. Are you the, are you the GPS we are using? Leave the direction. Be devoted to apostolic teaching. You know, the way this church is going, I don't know where it will end up. Don't worry. We are the ones driving. Are you entering or not? <laughs> Democracy is not in church. We don't vote here. The eyes have it. Is this a PC Christian Center? Or PDP Gospel House? Or Labor Party International Ministries? You see, leave that town, you know, mentality. When you come here, you're devoted to apostles' doctrine. Not many apostles' doctrine. You are not mixing wine. You are not a wine mixer. You have a pastor. You listen to your pastor's teaching. If God wants you to be blessed there, he will send you there. God brought you here. Stay here. It's those that are planted in the house of the Lord that shall flourish in the courts of our God. So, there is devotion. Number three, quickly, eagerness of mind. You receive the word, Acts 17. Got a few more minutes. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Praise God forevermore. <laughs> Praise God. Okay, let's go. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> Acts chapter... Maybe I got my timer wrong. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Number three. Responsibility. Are you, are you getting blessed? Tell your neighbor, are you devoting yourself to the word? Ask them, ask them. Are you devoting yourself to the word? Come on, come on, somebody. Are you devoting yourself to the word? The word will change you. It'll transform you. It'll set you on fire. It'll make you rich. It'll make you strong. It'll heal you. Glory to God. You know, when we were to have my son, the doctor said, my wife had fibroid. They had to do this. They had to do that. I said, don't worry. Your, your diagnosis is right. But we have a tool to change circumstances. We went back into the world, prayed for one week, got back, came back, had my baby completely healed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? There's no battle that we cannot overcome. 
And we're not scared. That's why I told my church, don't, don't change that song. When success comes my way, I will. Why are you afraid of trouble? Put it there. Sing it the way it is. When trouble comes, let it come. Let it come. We are bold as a lion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God who promised us, told us that there are giants in the land. But he has given the giant to us. We don't run away from giants. How will you know that God will walk on water if there's no water to walk on? We build our muscles through tribulations and trials. Through much tribulations shall you enter into the kingdom of God. It's not a kingdom of sissies. Are you still here? Now these men were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. That's why I wrote that book, The Berean Believer. From, first of all, they received the word with what? Great eagerness. Pay attention to how they received the word. Third responsibility, we receive with eagerness. We are not receiving flippantly. That's why I don't allow people to sit in my church relaxed. You are not, you are not in your parlor. Sit well. Sit well like somebody ready to learn. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That word is entry. It's not entry, right? Where is the entry? Sit well. Do you understand? If you sit like that in my church, my ushers will tap you. It took me time to prepare this message. I didn't sleep until 2 o'clock. You think I'm playing here? I'll stay up till 2. Then you will sleep and I'll come like, eh, He's entering my spirit. He's getting into the inner man. I don't want inner man. Show me book. Right. Be a student. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Think we're playing. We're not in a career. This thing is not a career. Our life depends on it. There's no ladder to climb in ministry. We stand at our duty post, knowing that we are responsible for your soul. Some of you don't like your eternal life like we like it. So we have to teach you. I know you are a bank manager. But in church, there is how to behave. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Alright. So you receive with eagerness. For they receive the word with great eagerness. Now look at this. Examining the scriptures. How many times? How many times? How many times? Come on. Hey, how many times? What did they do to scriptures daily? Whether the things were so. Pay attention. It was Paul that was teaching. And my pastor. They examined what Paul was teaching you. Because in those days, the early church does not care for names. Be Paulo, be Silaso, be Apolloso, be Alexander. When you finish teaching, thank you very much, they will now go back and say, This one, according, that means they wrote. How will they remember what the man taught? They wrote. You know, it was one of those teaching Apollos bounced into Priscilla and Aquila's church. And with eloquence, mighty scripture. The man display. Like I'm displaying now. And then the head of the synagogue said, You are coming to a man in the mirror. And the guest minister was happy. Then Apollos and Aquila said, Can we can we can we have lunch? I said, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Trusting God that seed was going to come. <laughs> As we were eating, now open scripture. Say, yes, sir. This issue about John and they corrected guest speaker. Church members. Church members. Does they come? Let's go to Mr. Biggs. They rearranged his ministry. So when he left there, he stopped preaching the baptism of John. That means they ended the curriculum of a guest speaker. They are sending guest speakers that when they stand on this pulpit. After preaching, they should just know that, ah, this message did not sell. That should be the last time they should try it. Why? Because you are well taught. You you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes when I invite pastors to my church, I pray, I say, God help them. You know why? Before you go and say some kind of funny thing, (laughs) church people are just Ravanation school guy with this Ravanation school guy. I'm not saying mock preachers. I hope you understand where my heart is. But there is a level of knowledge that preceded his coming. I'm not saying judge people's message. I hope you hear my heart when I'm saying here. But there is a level of knowledge they already had that was more excellent. And you know why? It was because of the culture they had. It was not a flippant culture. Don't be flippant. 
Examine scriptures. Read scriptures. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, three more scriptures, please, and we'll wrap up this. Hebrews 13, verse 9. Let me just show you something here very quickly, and then I'll just li- I'll list the hindrances, and then we can pray. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 9. Come on, is somebody learning something? Say amen if you are. Amen. Look at this. Hebrews 13, 9. It says, Do not be carried away by varied and strange doctrines. How many of you remember where we're coming from? From day one, Ephesians 4.15, that when we are built, when we are no longer children, what happened? We are not tossed to and fro. Now look at what it says. Do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. How is your heart strengthened by grace? By teaching. So it is a heart that has been strengthened by grace that is not carried away by strange doctrine. In fact, the, the new king just says that your heart be established with grace. So an established heart is a heart that is not moved. When you are established about giving, regardless of the videos they release, you are not touched because you are established. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hindrances to spiritual growth. I'm, I'm just going to list them. Mark 2 chapter 13. You know the parable of the sower. Now we're going to read the parable from two places so that I'll just list this and then we, we'll, we'll, we can pray. Have you been blessed this morning? Matthew 13. Go with me to Matthew 13. Parable of the sower. This is a well-taught church, so I know you know the parable of the sower. Let's quickly go to the explanation Jesus gave. Matthew 13 verse 18. Matthew 13 18. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say a loud amen. amen. Let your amen be like thunder. That's who, that's who. You like all those ones. <laughs> Matthew chapter 18. All right. Say so the louder your amen, the greater the blessing. You now see people struggling to shout at the top of their voice. Matthew 13, verse 18. All right. The, the, hear the parable of the sower. Verse 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one whom the seed was sown beside on the road. The one on whom the seed was sown on the rocky place, this man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Verse 21, yet he has no firm roots in himself, not established. But it's only temporal. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately falls away. And the one on whom the seed was sown among thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world, and the deceitfulness of wealth, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And the one who, whom the seed was sown on good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it. So you always see understanding there, because that's the key to maturity. Who indeed bears fruit. Now, three things were listed. Pay attention. That are hindrances to spiritual growth. First is affliction and persecution. Verse 21. Most people don't grow because when affliction and persecution comes, they run away from God instead of getting back to the word. So write this down, affliction and persecution. Number two, the worry of the world. Next verse, the worry of the world. And number three, the deceitfulness of riches. If there is one thing that stops people's spiritual growth today, it is this excessive pursuit of wealth at the expense of their spiritual life. It's called the deceitfulness of riches. Now, he now says, but a fruitful ground or a ground that will, a man that will become matured will hear the word and understand it. Now, that is Matthew's version. There was something Mark added that I want us to look at quickly. Mark 4.19. So go to Mark chapter 4. Mark added one more thing. Mark 4.19. It says, But the worries of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Then Mark added this phrase, the desire for other things. Paul calls it selfish ambition. Desire for other things. So there are certain desires that a believer should not have, which would choke the word. Mark added that. Desires for other things. These are hindrances to spiritual good. I'm just going to list them. And like the Berean believer, go and do your own study. Now, when he also comes to maturity, Mark added something different. Go to verse 20. It says, And those 
are the ones on whom seed was sown on the good soil, and they hear the word. Now, Matthew says, understands it. Mark says, accept it. Accepting will mean I have agreed to what I understood. Therefore, I'm going to apply. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying now? So, two things that Mark adds, which you should add to your list, is desire for other things. And if you want to come into spiritual maturity, you hear the word. That is where it starts. You receive the word. You understand it. Then you do what? Accept it. Which means that as a Christian, this is how we act. We are not selfish. We walk in love. Accept it. Don't say uh, it is because Mark was not living in Nigeria. Mm -mm. You have understood it, but you have not accepted it. And it is what you accept that you act on. Are you blessed this morning? Let's stand on our feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Let's give the Lord praise and glory. Let's say, Father, we come before you. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.